Well, good morning, everybody. This is Lowell White, your host of 360 Performance every Friday at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That was Mac Band featuring the McCampbell Brothers talking about roses. Why would they talk about roses? Well, maybe it's because on Sunday it's Valentine's Day. And I hope you have uh, your focus on your favorite Valentine. Or for some that I know, Valentine's. But for me, I remember back in the day when we were still going to school and we gave those little penny cards out that you spent the night before filling out the names of the students in your class that you were going to give your little little treat to, your card to, your Valentine's Day card to. And there was envelopes in the front of our desks, right? And you put, the, you put your Valentine's in their little envelope. Uh, and for that special person, you take some cellophane tape and put a little candy heart with a special message on it, like maybe cutie or be mine. Nowadays, we've got all the um, emojis that are going on the little candies and all the different uh, letters, combination of letters, you know, like LOL or um, my best friend, you know, f- best friends forever, um, BFF. Um, but Valentine's Day, special day, and I think we need more than just one day for uh, sharing the love. But today is also a day of recognition for um, the month of February is Black History Month. We're celebrating that uh, today in our show here at 360 Performance, Imagination and Recovery. We're going to do a little twist with you. We've got some virtual references we're going to make to people. Those two people are Van Jones and um, Mitzi, um, sorry, um, I always do this, Misty Copeland. And I'll tell you a little bit more about why that is, why we've got them uh, being referenced on the show today, along with others, uh, others like uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, Curtis Granderson, and other notable athletes that you'll see in our presentation today and this morning about um, the, the relevancy of black history for me is more than just about recognizing the events from the past that influence the future. It's my hope that we're going to honor the past, everybody's past, while we make history today. And my references to Van Jones and um, Misty Copeland is because they are making history right now. They're part of history and influencing history for the future right now. And yet, the messages and metaphors that they use to guide themselves are from those who came before them. And I hope that's a message that resonates with everybody, regardless of where you come from or what ethnic group you represent. Because history is about making a difference and changing what had gone before you. So that's why I want to focus on Van Jones and Misty Copeland and others in in what they're doing today to make a difference. To make a difference. Well, like every week, we start off with a mindset moment. This week, we started off with um, Benjamin Franklin, and he was part of uh, making history. Duh. <laughs> and uh, he said this that seemed to be apropos for most of this week in sharing knowledge, sharing information, and people taking action on that, that knowledge and information, and perhaps because they're making history. Because they're participating in history, both uh, our American history as well as black history. And the quote was, if you tell me I forget, 
If you teach me, I will remember. But when you involve me, that's when I learn. So quoted Benjamin Franklin. And I am hoping that today's events, the week's worth of events that have transpired for our influence on history, do not stop after telling and teaching, but they continue with involving people, talking to each other, exchanging the information, giving your opinion on how that information influences you so that you make a decision that represents what's right and we avoid the future having to reflect back in history to change what you didn't do or to change what you did do so that it represents the truth about what we have to take uh, forward with us. Let's work on making sure we take actions today. Um, one of the things about black history, um, I put celebration uh, underneath our, our banner for today about black history because I think it should be a celebration. So many people, especially in sports and athletics, uh, have really paved the way. We've lost some really great ones. Um, Hank Aaron, uh, Ernie Banks, uh, and the baseball ones that I know of, uh, that I reflect on routinely. Um, Jackie Robinson, um, it just, just so many great athletes that endured so much to excel at the levels they excelled at. And yet, when I think about it, I think about the kids today and the kids in the past that I've worked with that when they were released, when all of that objectivity and, and, and differentiation, marginalization that they had to feel were, was removed, they just soared way beyond where they already were performing at. So when we as coaches can recognize what we can do to influence the environment, influence the settings, that these athletes perform in and give them a freedom to really, really be vulnerable and project who they are in a strong way. We take them to that involved piece in their learning after we've told them the techniques and taught them the drills and the strategies. We really then make it impactful for them when they get involved. So that's our introduction for today. Thanks for being here with us every Friday, 11 o'clock. Mountain Standard Time to listen to what we have to say about performance issues. We're taking a little bit of an interesting kind of twist to it by using our virtual references to Van Jones and um, Misty Copeland, uh, two great, wonderful people in their own rights about what they do and how they are influencing history today. Um, but I have these questions to ask you before we get too, too deep into um, the scenarios that I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to ask you questions about imagination. It, does your imagination get in gear? Because if it does, it can take you almost anywhere you want to go. I mean, just think about it. We've got devices now that test our imagination, the VR goggles. Is your imagination pushing you to places that really test you and ask you to be better than who you are? I, I just am really excited about that. And I'll use the quote that I use every week here from Aristotle. And, and making sure that that when we imagine, we still are are repeatedly what we do, and that even with that that imagination, those virtual images, the excellence that we want to deliver from that is from 
the habits we create. It's not, it's not the actions we take. It's repeating those actions so they become habits. I know um, Peyton Manning talks about 10,000 hours. You know, you got to commit 10,000 hours worth of passing the ball before the motion becomes habit so that if the defense is, is rushing me and I'm going to get sacked, I still have the habit of maintaining that good motion, that good follow-through with what I do. So I'm going to ask you to, to stretch your imagination a little bit. Here's a question. Is poverty different for those with different color skin? So is, is poverty more influential on people of color than people that are white or yellow or red and then the various shades of brown? It's just poverty, isn't it? It's just feeling that you don't have much to work with and struggling to get to a place that just has a, an semblance of comfort. Is physical abuse less harmful for a woman of color or any woman? It's still physical abuse. It's still hurtful. It's still harmful. So the next question I ask you is, if we focus on the problem, put our minds towards the problem so that everyone impacted gets resolution and support, doesn't that make more sense? And I, I say this at the risk of being accused of not paying attention to the real problems, because I have been in the past. But when it comes to performance, if a player drops a ball, it doesn't matter who the player is. They drop the ball. Analyze the problem. Fix the problem. And teach everybody who's supposed to catch the ball how to catch the ball. Under all the circumstances they're influenced with. All types of defenses. All types of being pushed at the line in the first five yards. All types of press defenses. It's still dropping the ball. Or it's still not executing the skill that the defenseman has to execute with their hockey stick and their skates. The same defenseman, they're all the same. Regardless of where they came from, what neighborhood they lived in, who their parents are, or how much money they made. Fix the problem. Is our imagination big enough to do that? so that we can create habits through our actions that really make a difference, that really get it done. It's really interesting to me what imagination could do for us. I mean, just, I mean, we can, we can lump dreaming into there. We can lump what I do a lot with my athletes is envisioning, creating a vision of what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And yet, if you don't anticipate a snowstorm, like with one of my skiers who was at a World Cup event for FISA, it snowed like crazy. Seeing the moguls was difficult. You had to be prepared and had experience to work through that and resolve your hesitation or maybe even fear. I didn't have a chance to talk to her, so I don't know for sure. But she still did well for a 16-year-old striving to become an Olympian. Her imagination may not have been where it needed to be. But there is a young woman, a professional dancer, a classic dancer, classical dancer, 
Misty Copeland has had more than her fair share of struggles. As a, as a young youngster, before she was even a teenager, she had a, 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 a drive for dance. But she was living in neighborhoods, raised in Kansas, moved eventually to Southern California, and was, was fortunate enough to have people who saw the talent in her, saw the desire in her, and, and, and offered her support and assistance. And she kept gravitating towards the dance, gravitating towards what made her feel good about herself in the dance. Now, I have more than just a casual understanding of um, Misty than than most. I've had the opportunity to met her and had brief chats with her, followed her career. Um, And what's interesting to me is not so much the challenge of the dance being part of what makes her great and her passion for that, but how she has res- resolutely gotten through issues and events and obstacles that surrounded her outside of the dance. That's the recovery. Black history, imagination, and recovery. That's our theme for today. And I'm using black history to honor it and respect it in celebrating it, but at the same time pointing out there are certain performers like Misty Copeland who, who had to face... Um, issues in her life, physical issues in her life, she fractured an ankle very, very badly. And surgeries that when going into it, the doctor said, you know what, you might want to think of something else to do besides dancing. The recovery process alone, with what I know about um, physical injury with, with major athletes and major sports, she was an equivalent of that. <laughs> And dancing, I mean, just look at the image that she makes as a dancer, as a physical specimen of an athlete. She is the personification of attention to what's necessary to get that done. To be a great performer, her imagination goes beyond just dreaming, goes beyond the physical pain and discomfort of an injury. Because to get back from injuries like that and to have that kind of physique and form and frame doesn't happen because you just kind of casually get up and start lifting weights and hanging with your trainer. It takes imagination that has the equivalency of commitment. And that commitment is to a recovery plan. So if you're an athlete out there right now and you've, you've gotten through a season and you've got some bumps and bruises, take a look at <laughs> Misty Copeland and think about what you would have done if you were in her shoes, not her ballet shoes, if you were in her shoes and had the injury, the ankle injury that she had, facing not just the recovery of the ankle, but the recovery that was potentially going to greet her if she didn't physically recover well enough to dance again at the level of her premier ballerina. At some point in time, I'm guessing, not guessing, I know for a fact, she had to think about what the end in mind was. And there was a couple of different paths. One was, I won't dance again at the level I have been used to and accustomed to. The other path was, I will recover and dance at the level I expect to. She had to make a choice in her mind, what end in mind was she going to pursue? Now, you can apply this not just to an injury state. You can apply it to going for a championship. Maybe just getting through the week of practice. Whatever that distance is away from you and a specific goal begin with the end in mind to start that recovery plan, in, in this case, 
of Misty Copeland and the injury, but it could be not about injury. It could be about any plan that fits you, any plan that you're striving for. Like with my skier, we didn't anticipate a snow storm, if you will, coming into her plans to compete in the second round of this World Cup event, but it did. It wasn't a plan that fit you, but if you really truly are beginning with the end in mind, you do a lot of what ifs. What if it snows? What if the visibility is not very good? What if I fracture my ankle to the point where I have multiple surgeries on it? And the doctors are telling me, you know what? I may not dance again at the level of a prima ballerina. Those are things that have to be imagined so that you can plan what the end in mind is so that ultimately, when it all is said and done, you applied yourself with no excuses and eventually no regrets. You put it out there. You did what was necessary. And, and get, get this. <laughs> with Misty Copeland, this photograph was a byproduct of what people who don't have respect, don't perhaps have imaginations, said about her as a dancer. That she photoshopped, or not she, but pictures were photoshopped about her physique. The legitimacy of her work, the legitimacy of her imagination, tenacity, passion, resiliency, to get to a level that she was going to continue to dance at the level that she's used to prior to the injury. So she created this picture, beautiful picture, form, shape, power, control, no excuses, no regrets. I'm, I'm really excited that I did this now that I'm thinking about it. I'm in the middle of it now. Uh, using uh, virtual references to make our point today about black history uh, and the celebration of black history and that people like Van Jones, uh, Misty Copeland, uh, Curtis Granderson, and, and many, many others, uh, Shaq, Shaq Barrett from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and congratulations to them and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the uh, Super Bowl champions for 2021 and Super Bowl 55. But they had an end in mind. They began, not a recovery plan, but it's any plan, began with the end in mind. And they had their ups and downs as well. They, they didn't win that many games early on in the season. People were not necessarily thinking they were Super Bowl bound, even though they had the talent. But somewhere, someone, or the, the whole team perhaps, whole staff, started focusing on an end in mind and what was it going to take. And I'll bet you they didn't have any excuses and they certainly have no regrets now, do they? I want to make a point that uh, Misty Copeland is part of the uh, American Ballet Theater, also known as ABT. Their missions being educate about dance and stay true to classical dance and the quality of that delivery. I think that picture captures uh, why she should be part of ABT in the Ameri the, or the American Ballet Theater. Quality is most certainly there in that picture. Um, I, so, I should also tell you that, you know, the, the, the process of becoming a dancer to the level that Misty Copeland has become isn't always that you are the, the, the lead dancer, the premier dancer. You might have key roles in a dance. So I guess my point to you is this, is look for Misty Copeland and her influence on dance. That's for certain. But also know that her involvement in community um, and her, her husband's uh, effort, they've been married for four years now. He's an attorney in New York. 
um, Ulu Evans, um, and they they as a couple have um, man, it's just it's hard to say these things because it, it, it is Black History Month, or and we're celebrating Black History, but she has taken so many shots from people who have no idea who she is or what she represents, and I think historically that rounds out the pictures of the historical figures. I mean, the quote from Benjamin Franklin, he quoted that after hearing and experiencing events in his lifetime where people didn't do that to him. They didn't tell him things, teach him things, and then give him the chance to experience it so that it became real, became part of his habits, not just his experience. Shakespeare once said, slings and arrows, right? Um, or what's the other one? Sticks and stones may break my bones. And Shakespeare didn't say that, but um, and I'm reflecting on Shakespeare because I lost a dear friend uh, this this week on Monday, the seventh, um, who influenced me about Shakespeare, got my attention around Shakespeare and the eloquence of words that need to be attached with the deeds to make them real, to make them palpable um, for many more going forward, which is why my belief is Shakespeare has lasted so long in so many, many people's minds that they want to take it from not just telling you, not just teaching you, but giving you the experience. So Misty Copeland is my first virtual reference to the beauty and celebration of Black History Month, but also about performing, using your imagination to recover from whatever those obstacles, people, things that get in your way, regretfully, hopefully not for you, uh, an injury, but even that can be uh, rectified and resolved. But in that strategy that you have for yourself, do you have individuals that you look to that are superheroes? Are there superheroes among us? Um, this is a great picture that, that was on the cover of an ESPN magazine um, issue that... Um, I bring up because I, I have that picture. It's a little foggy on purpose because I'm wondering, are we seeing the history and its influence with the clarity it needs to be seen <laughs> so that when you see it and you understand it, that you actually take action on it? Two of the three characters in this picture, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, they both were in the moment until regretfully Kobe was taken from us. But LeBron is still here. He's influencing history. It won't be for a while until he realizes that he is making history. And not just in the NBA. But it's when he stands on the sidelines in a black t-shirt with a white doily collar on it. In memory of RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There are superheroes among us. Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Until they, they left us. We're making history in the moment. And now we recall upon them as figures that we want to emulate and hopefully we'll use them as examples to other young women and girls in their pursuit of their goals so they can live their best life in the moment right now. And you can use examples like Kobe and like LeBron to reference to others what it takes to live your best life. Yeah, we're talking about performance issues today, about using your imagination and, and, and trying to recover from any person or thing that might get in your way.
We're streaming live every every week, every day, especially on Fridays, 11 a.m. See what I did there? You slipped, slipped that right in there for you. I'm, uh, I'm really grateful for being here today. Uh, I'm grateful for the fact that I manage the slipperiness of the roads. Got a little ice and snow and cold today here in Colorado. Um, it sounds like all across the country, actually, uh, are getting hit with uh, winter woes. I hope you're doing well, surviving, snuggling up with friends and family, getting ready for Valentine's Day and a celebration of love and, and charity and gratitude to those you care about. Um, when, you, when you think about those kind of things, I want you to think about taking care of yourself, uh, using, using people and things to surround yourself with, with comfort. Uh, take a look at our website at 360mindset.com. And uh, take a look at some of the things we have there that can perhaps help you, your mindset focus in on the, the love and charity you have for others. And as you do that, remember that you're the one that starts it. You're the one that has control of it. Find those people and things that uh, are going to help you represent your best life. All right, so when you do that, when you live your best life, take action and, 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 and produce those images that are going to be clearly stated about who and what you are so that not only could you present yourself as support to others, but others can support you. Because just like this cover from ESPN that highlights three premier basketball players of the NBA, it's, you know, when they're on the court, they're not thinking about the money. They're not thinking, oh, if I make this one, I got another five grand for today. They're thinking about methods. They're thinking about how to get there. How do I get to that basket to make the score? And even then, they're not thinking about the money. Now, yes, I, I get it. They're, I'm not naive, people, all right? Give me a break. There are moments when people and, and things come around them that remind them they get paid pretty well for what they do. But bottom line, those three individuals are champions making history in the game that they love because of their methods and their process. So when you're looking at your imagination and recovering from whatever, go back and anchor yourself in the foundational components of what got you there. Stay in the moment. Be in the now and apply those foundational methods that you are master of and make it happen. Because the minute you start thinking about the money, you start thinking of something outside of you, you have a recipe for failure. Make it happen for you. Now, as, as, I, look, as I look at the clock, I realize we're 30 minutes into our show. That's awesome. Time flies when you're having fun. But I also want to make sure that when I, when I take reference to the time on my watch that every click that goes by is one more moment of, of historical reference. Make every moment you have the best that you can because you don't know when you don't have another one. That's why when I think about Kobe Bryant, that's my biggest regret. The good die young, way too soon. Got a lot of memories, a lot of memories. And with memories, it, it gives us 
history, right? And in that history, there are things that happen that um, some are really great and wonderful, like another Valentine's Day is coming on Sunday. And then there's things that are criminal, the criminality of an action. And then sometimes the criminality of an action is not as at the highest degree that we thought it was when it first was discovered. And that's where I'm going to bring in my next virtual reference, and that's to Van Jones. Because Van Jones, a uh, Yale a JD, Yale graduate of Yale Law, um, very active in criminal justice. He's known his... <laughs> The title he has is that he's a commentator. And I'm not exactly sure what that means in, in the grand scheme of things, but I guess it, it, it's all-encompassing. Because as for many of us, we've seen Van on the uh, broadcast at CNN for political campaigns and, and um, uh, talking about uh, equality, inequality, social justice, justice in general. Um, and I, I think that's where, not think, I know that's where I want to focus on with Van Johnson, but I'm going to use this this image in our memory segment here, which again, like my one with ESPN and the guys, is a little foggy because we're not always clear about the history. We're not always clear about the facts. San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Outstanding talent. Outstanding physical talent. His His actions were personal. Very, very quickly and easily understood when you look at the behavior of others that his taking a knee was not a problem from the standpoint of those in military, those who historically have references to taking a knee. It wasn't out of disrespect. It was out of recognizing there's a problem. There are differences. There are people being marginalized under that flag. So now we have the history. He's still here. He still is influencing history. Did we learn from it? Did we learn from the history? Van Jones has been part of a process of equalizing justice in our criminal system so that people who were thrown in jail because of an ounce of marijuana and can't seem to get out are now being let out. That the, the crime at that time was categorized in a way that made it penalized way beyond the degree. It, it didn't fit the crime. It did not fit. The, the, the justice did not fit the crime. And thanks to Van Johnson, we've got criminal reform that has happened. So we did learn from history. But my question is, how long does it take? How long does it take for the obvious things, very, very clear, very factual things, to take root in the minds of people so that we get the performance that you need? You get the recovery. You get that because you imagined and then took action on that imagination with facts and actions that made change. The curiosity for me is what changes were made. And I'm not sure that there were changes made in physical form. I think there was a lot of emotional, attitudinal changes that were made as it relates to how we honor the flag. I've seen a number of people that have dishonored the flag, dishonored the flag for far more directly than anything Kaepernick did. And they, never, they weren't called out. And it was in a crowd. It was in a public setting. 
So the, the bystanders did not step up, did not take action. So when that happens, are we better than our past? That to me is the measuring stick. We have this history, easy to look up. We're age of technology. We can go look up a lot of stuff. As the phrase goes, Google it. But are we better then? Are you taking action to make it better? I call him friend now. At one point, he was player to me. C.J. Curtis Granderson, retired, a dad. That just, that just makes me feel really old when I say, because I've known this kid since he was 14 years old. But he makes history change the future. He brings history forward in his actions. Through, through his actions as a player representative with the Major League Baseball, to his actions on the field, his interaction with fans, kids, pregame, postgame, his camps, his sharing knowledge about what he loves about the history of baseball and number 42, and how he honors those memories and brings it forward so that telling is not enough, teaching is not enough. It's letting them see it, letting them feel it, along with those other components. He's all part of that. So he makes it better. And it's interesting to me when I think about Curtis and what he's done for baseball, what he's still doing for baseball in his philanthropic work with Major League Baseball and still being called upon by his friends, no longer teammates. I guess we could still call them teammates, even though we're retired. He is still engaging with them because it's all about family. When he was with the um, Los Angeles Dodgers for postseason play, it was a great time to see um, a lot of great faces during those playoffs because, you know, a lot of the alumni come out. Um, I got a chance to meet and talk to Tommy Lasorda, God rest his soul, as well as fans that, that aren't baseball players, but they're baseball fans that are in the entertainment business that uh, are loyal baseball fans. I mean, when I say loyal, I mean they know the game. They know what a double play is. You know, they know what a sacrifice bunt is. <laughs> you know, they know that an infield fly means something about who's out and who can advance. They know the game. But they're better known for being an entertainer. Face on camera. That's the extension of the family. So when you have a family, whether it's blood family or family because of the relationship and the gathering that you have together, there are standards of behavior. Um, Curtis Sr., he has standards of behavior. And mom has her standards. Standards of behavior. Historically, when we look at the history of our own existence, our own families, the cultures that we represent and its history, are we looking back and honoring the standards of behavior that make us better now to be our best person so that we have integrity in our actions that if somebody asks me to do something, it's because of my standards, they can count on me delivering to that request. Imagined or not, I'm there for them. <laughs> I'm making it happen for them. 
Now, as I say that, I'm thinking about um, history that's being made all across the globe in different sports. Uh, right now, it's, it's, we're in a big time of emphasis and focus on winter sports activities. In the next couple of years, we've got a couple of Olympics coming up, summer and winter. And so the young people I'm going to be working with uh, through this weekend and into next weekend in their competitions, um, they have they have standards of integrity that they're uh, calling upon. I want to give a shout-out to Team Summit and their organization, as well as to Copper Mountain and all the wonderful things. That's my home mountain, by the way, so I want to honor Copper Mountain. Check them out. Uh, if you're looking for a good family-centered place to uh, – enjoy the winter sports or maybe just sit and watch the winter sports in the Adirondack chairs along with a nice fire, uh, go check out Copper Mountain. Uh, now, try not to take away from any mountain in Summit County. Uh, Copper's my favorite, but every one of them out there, which I've experienced, is a great place to have fun uh, in the snow, uh, the powder of Colorado. So we're talking about family interactions what is family about? Why is it important? The standards, the integrity that, that maintaining standards in your lifetime helps you to create your own history. And Curtis Granderson, uh, CJ, as I, as, as I know him, um, he represents not only that integrity, but he respects the model of the behaviors that family life has, has given him over the years, and he shares it. And he then, because of his behavior, he demands respect from those around him. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back just a second um, and, and share a little bit of that family with you on, and the respect side of things. Um, and I'm going to jump back to talking about Van, Johnson, or Van Jones a little bit. Um, and as I do that, I'm going to reference his, his recent book, um, it seems an appropriate title when we're talking about family. It's and the book title is Beyond the Messy, um, and I, I love titles like that because you can you can kind of let your imagination run wild with you and take that title into lots of different aspects of your your life. Um, because I, in my opinion, Van Jones is a truth teller, um, and I I also like uh, someday I hope I'll have I'll have an opportunity to ask Van. Where did the name Van come from? Because his full given name is Anthony Capel Jones. So how do you get Van? I'm thinking Tony, you know, or Cappy maybe. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to make anything up or disrespect anybody, but where does Van come from? Well, at any rate, to me he's a truth teller because he speaks truth to power. And did it in a routine basis. And it didn't matter what the party was. I, you know, when I, when I think about family and how, how much integrity I want to have in a family, and I think about Curtis's family or Van's family. You know, Van's a father of two boys. Uh, Curtis is, is a new father of a uh, daughter. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, especially for the boys, the, I, I didn't have this fear. And I, I relate to the stories that Van tells in the moments when the topic brings it up about, you know, like if he's talking about equal justice and, and, um, and criminal justice and the fairness of our criminal system to really looking at 
at the, the situation and circumstances, you know, being having an imagination about the facts, that maybe the facts aren't quite what they should be and I should go investigate more. Well, having two young boys of color in the streets in today's time could be pretty darn scary. I didn't, I don't know what that means as a father. I didn't have to tell my son those things. You know, I warned him about things like sexual interactions, drinking too much, you know, uh, throw the firecracker sooner than later. Stupid stuff that may or may not have anything to do with living life. But certainly not living life with a sense of freedom, or in their case, a lack of freedom, perhaps. That's also part of history. And yet the integrity and standards that family life gets and gives is huge. I've heard Van talk about building bridges between communities. I've heard Van bring up the question that I brought up to you early in the show about, does it, isn't poverty poverty for everybody that's feeling it? It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's poverty. It sucks. Let's deal with the problem. Deal with the issue. Build bridges across community lines and go in like Bette Midler did in New York years ago and put gardens on the top of abandoned buildings. Instead of just making them be an eyesore, let's engage it and make it part of something great with integrity. Instead of bitching about it, do something about it. That's integrity. That's integrity. I really respect the the truth the truth teller that that Van Jones has represented and I, look at I say that very very specifically what well, he's represented there are people you have probably listened to yourself maybe you've listened to my show and said ah that's that sounds like some truth ah, yeah that, that makes sense but you don't know me well enough to know that when I walk out of this studio I try to do what I say discovery of words through experiences that I haven't practiced myself. And I'll tell you something else. I fail at it. <laughs> but I think that's part of the experience. And Van Jones, I'm sure, if he was sitting here with me today, he would say, I failed at it too. And I don't have a crystal ball. Neither of us do. His fear for his sons is real. He's, and yet he's experienced it himself. And yet he still isn't quite probably sure what to say to them. Because it's their experience. They're making their history right now, in this moment. I, I want to make sure that as we finish out the last uh, quarter of the show today, that you understand my purpose in today's show. For those of you who saw my show poster on Facebook and on the, my social media blasts, it truly is about black history and cel and celebrating it celebrating black history and and using the images of uh, misty copeland and van jones on that poster was truly to get your attention guilty i took it i put it there i said bring it because i want you to pay attention i want you to pay attention to their example they're they're yes they're virtual for today's show but they're real in the moments today. They are doing things, have done things that have influenced community, that have influenced their colleagues, their friends, their family. 
And they do it because that's, what, that's who they are. And I say that with confidence because I've had the opportunity to meet one of the, of the two of them. <laughs> I definitely have met Curtis Granderson. And I believe what I say represents the truth, a truth that is part of their lives, not a truth that uh, maybe you'll see it sometime or maybe you won't. No, I believe that Misty Coppola, she's a fighter. She came through an ankle injury. Um, I, it, it's, it, was, it was tough stuff. Um, and the surgeries that went on top of that, um, those, are, those are issues that people deal with, and, and they, they come out of it at the level they want to because they began with the end in mind. They had a process they were going to go through to make it happen after they made the choice. She didn't have to go down that path. She didn't have to have as much pain as she had and recovery time and testing it and feeling that it might not hold up for her when she lands on a, on a jump or a pirouette or, heck, just even a simple exercise on the bar. Now, Van Jones, I, I put him at the end of the show on purpose because much of his work is culminative. It, it accumulates talk and discussion and, 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 and research, and then it builds up. It, ah, it lands, and it either succeeds from the research it, it, was, it had been done, or it doesn't. Thankfully for many, many people, <laughs> Van Jones's effort in uh, criminal justice and equalizing that process has been beneficial to a lot of people which is why he is called upon to speak to those issues and guide people through the experiences he's had. He is creating history. And as the book title says, he's going beyond, I put the going in there, he's going beyond the messy. He's felt it. He's seen it. I'm, I'm hoping that he will touch more people more often. Now, when you think about this image you know, the three monkeys and i don't know how many of you might have that little statue the three monkeys you know see no evil hear no evil speak no evil i think there's a lot of that going on in washington dc today and all of this week so when you call when you cover up your eyes do you lose balance do you are you uncertain as to the path you're going to take if you plug your ears are you just as fearful when you see smoke from an exploding car? So if you unplug your ears and you heard the explosion, is that more fretful for, for, to you than if you, if you only saw it but didn't hear it? Basically, what's it take? And if you are choosing to deprive your senses of the input that makes it real for you, I, I really feel for you. I, I hope that you engage the world fully vulnerable to have all five senses tested and used to their fullest. Your brain is receiving stimulus to move you to do the right things. I hope you're using it in that way. I know that Athletes that I work with routinely are going through recovery. And, and, and as they travel, like my, my skier, she's coming back from uh, Deer Valley. And she's thinking about, okay, I'm tired. I need to recover. I'm thinking about things. 
Um, and then she's going to have practice uh, tomorrow, uh, get, getting back into it. So she's, she's going through this agenda in her head. She's not covering her eyes. She's not covering her ears. She's not you know, stopping what she has to say to her coaches or her parents or her friends. She's openly looking at what can I do? What can I do to get back on track? I've seen a lot of press on Tom Brady recently about how he's out there partying, partying. <laughs> um, but I hope he's being seen with fans and sharing the love with the fans in a respectful way. Um, I, I'm sure that some of the press are trying to scrutinize him, saying, did he drink too many beers? What's he doing? Is he behaving himself? Is he able to walk and chew gum at the same time? <laughs> I would like to have it turn out a lot like what LeBron James has done in the past. The T-shirt I mentioned about RBG, wearing that RBG T-shirt on the sidelines in preparation for a playoff game, that was cool, showing solidarity for her. And then going to NBA game, WNBA games, being seen in those settings. The executive director for the WNBA is a, is a formidable queen. She is just a, 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 a beautiful mom and an executive that works hard and diligently to make her own history and stand up and talks truth to power in the NBA for the rights of those women that are working hard for equivalency. Quite honestly, I, I, there, are some, there are some skills those WNBA women deliver on the court that puts some men in the NBA to shame. I'm just saying, they're skilled. Or, or the resiliency of a Sue Bird and the, the, the stuff that she's gone through in her, with her knees and her legs She's a champion in my book. All of those women are focused on the integrity, the standards, and respect that they deserve from their WNBA family. I have an interesting question for you as we get close to the close of the show. What can we use from history that we can bring forward to today to make a difference. It's one thing to honor and celebrate black history, but when you go back and you look at those influencers, in some case those disruptors in history, black history or our history of humanity, and you look at that and you say, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, and you grab that nugget of knowledge. What do you do with it? Where are you going to take it? How will you apply it to your own life so that you act in a way that's different and influences your moment today? The people that I have introduced you to, and some of you may have known them already, Van Jones, um, Misty Copeland, Curtis Granderson, Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, all of those people in my mind are making history today and applying what they've done into their future actions. You don't have to look too far historically in the performances of any one of those people that I've mentioned and see that they've made changes in the world we live in. If it's the obvious one with Misty Copeland being 
a woman of color as a premier ballerina? Okay, that's an obvious one. But I would then challenge you to see what she's doing in communities where she lives and who she touches, who she influences. And I would say that about every single one of the people I've mentioned today. The truth to power, the building of bridges, those actions, much of the outcomes of those actions aren't seen because it's behind the scenes. The development, you don't get a chance to take a look at. But they don't get there unless they do develop the images, the relationships, the impressions with the people that will help them move that forward, get things done, and make that history. I'm excited about this topic that I brought up today uh, through the metaphor of black history and the celebration of that, through the virtual references of Van Jones and Misty Copeland, and then talking about my friends and colleagues that I have personal experience with, like C.J. Granderson, Brandon Marshall, Shaq Barrett, and others. I had asked a question months ago of many of my, my colleagues and friends um, about what my role is or could be in Black Lives Matter. Curtis said to me, he said, Coach, just, just be you. And I said to him, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I said to him when he, when he said that, I said, but Curtis, I'm, I'm a white boy. I, I don't, he said, Coach, that's not what I mean. Be you. The things you have done, the things you do, is what makes a difference. That was hugely helpful to me, not knowing what I could do, and yet I was already doing it. There was the essence of today's show in that celebrate the history. Use your imagination to bring us forward so that we can recover from what we have done historically that needs to be righted. There's plenty of those things, right? <laughs> Just take your whatever slice of history you want, make it happen. Maybe it's Tulsa and the, the misstatement of history. It wasn't a riot. It was a massacre. And fortunately... Actions were taken to right that wrong in how it was stated and reflected upon. How economic power was taken away by force from communities who had taken years, almost generations, to create. Black history is something to be celebrated. But I also ask you the same question I asked at the early part of the show. Isn't poverty the same for everybody who's feeling it? Isn't violence, sexual assault, the same for everybody who's feeling it? I want you to leave the show today with a great feeling about celebrating Valentine's Day and the love that it brings you. And if you're struggling, like some might be, finding a Valentine to call your own, make sure that you start looking at yourself in the mirror as the first Valentine you need to celebrate. Share the love with yourself first. Be hopeful that you are good at being you because to do that prepares you to be the best for others. 
And in some cases, you don't have to go too far in your own community to find people who are, needing, who are in need of love, appreciation, and gratitude. There are far too many um, orphanages and, and group homes around the country, kids that need to know that they are loved and taken care of. I am on the board of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Colorado, and I know that that not only is it a fulfilling um, de endeavor for me to participate in, but it also represents there are plenty of places to find your Valentine. But start by making sure you recognize yourself first and how good you are at being you. And that whether you use a black history celebration as your motivation to get into that space or you use a Valentine's Day to do that, know that it starts with you. It starts with you being the best that you can be and, and, and with people and, and friends that make you that way. So my gratitude goes out in ending the show today to all those at KUHS Denver that have uh, honored me with the, the uh, opportunity to be part of this programming. Um, I'm grateful for that. If you need uh, to hear this show again, stay tuned on Spotify and iTunes. You can hear it there as, as a podcast. Just look up 360 Performance on Spotify, and there you go. You got it. If you want to share a comment with me, uh, check out our website, 360mindset.com. That's 360mindset.com. Send us a note. Tell us what you think. Uh, give me your thoughts. Next week's show, we're going, to have, we're going to be broadcasting from Copper Mountain next week. There are uh, comps up there with skiers. Some of my skiers will be, will be um, competing. We'll have uh, their, their world-class skiers. They've, they've just coming back from a World Cup event over in Deer Valley. So uh, we'll be broadcasting right from the mountain and sharing some insights about what's it take to get down the mountain and pop those moguls. Put your skis into a mogul and slide and go and then hit the trick and make it happen. Top air, bottom air, and finish. Hey, this is Lowell Whiteman, your host of 360 Performance, also known as Coach, saying have a great day today. Be safe. Stay warm.